Welcome to the final episode of the Digital Adoption Show Season 2. You have been such a great audience to the show, so we thought we would wrap up this season with something really special. Throughout this year, we interacted with global enterprise leaders from companies like St. Gobin, Kellogg's, McKinsey, Twitter, Novo Nordisk and many more to gain insight into how different industries are embracing innovation in learning and development. As we come to the end of this season, here are our top 5 picks. One of the most influential discussions was between Marco Dondi, associate partner at McKinsey & Company along with Saurabh Guru, global head, customer solutions at what fix on what skills future employees will need. Here's a small excerpt from the show. We are seeing that uh, the, the world of work and, and broader even society is, is undergoing a variety of significant trends that are making this time very different than in the past. And one of those differences is just the pace of change. Um, if we think of introduction of uh, technology and the pace at which technology itself is changing, um, you know, many of these technical skills become obsolete in 12 to 18 months. Uh, and so that's just, you know, one example of more rapid pace of change. If we think of the, the business models, the new business models that are emerging, you know, think of e-commerce, think of uh, uh, the move away from the old brick and mortars towards more and more digital uh, services and digital um, products. Um, if you go a further step, you know, artificial intelligence is something that, uh, of course, has already been deployed and adapted. Uh, but, you know, if you, if you take a step further and thinking the speed of diffusion of these technologies and, and also as these technologies become better, what are the, all the type of activities that they could substitute? Um, that will cause, of course, a lot of change. And, and I think uh, the, the focus here is really the rapidity uh, of change will likely force people to not have one job for all of their life or even two or three jobs for all their lives, right? Many, of, many people that are coming to the workforce today, they'll have to go through possibly 10 different transitions, some minor, some a bit more uh, significant. Um, you know, today in Europe, we are expecting in the next 10 years that 20 million people will need to completely change occupation if they want to keep to keep uh, um, being a productive member of society in, in the workforce. And so that, that causes um, skills that weren't really the focus in the past. Um, you know, the, the previous industrial revolution, it was it was just a focus on you know, either that capability, that technical skills, uh, the ability to do something. Uh, but once you learn it, uh, you're good. Uh, you're good for uh, maybe maybe it happens once that you need to learn something else. But I think this idea that you actually, whatever you learn uh, by the time you're 10 years in the labor force, you know, what you learn is almost not irrelevant, but it's, it's, it's a minor component of what you need. Uh, it means that uh, all of these skills of continuously adapt, continuously learn, become much more important than they were in the past. The first episode of the season and one of the most interesting discussions between Bart Shuda, Director, Digital Learning at St. Gobin and Arjit Dostayango, Associate Director, Sales, EMEA at Whatfix, on how to transform not train your way to a better business strategy. It's not just about training. You're really talking about transforming the company um, in terms of the, the skills, in terms of the culture, uh, in terms of how we organize. So, so I'm going to be inspired going forward by what we've done over the last couple of years with our data and analytics academy. 
this was a, a program that we began in the middle of 2019. We recognized the opportunity, the need to upskill the engineers in our plants to be able to use machine learning on themselves without having to go to one of our research centers to find a data scientist. They needed to have the skills themselves to get insights out of the, the data that they have every day to continually improve production. And we, we knew that this was going to require a significant transformation in our organization. We needed to break down barriers between um, corporate IT and plant IT, uh, and between our data scientists at our research centers. And so we started off by saying, what is the change we want to see? And then how do we make that happen? And training is a piece of it, but only a piece of it. And so we ended up building a program that had three key components to it in terms of the training, an awareness program for management, um, a core skills training for the engineers to teach them Python and machine learning, and then a mandatory learning by doing project that came from the real list of projects in the plant that allowed the engineers to then practice what they had only really sort of, you know, seen uh, during the core skills training um, and being supported by a data scientist from one of our research centers. So our core skills training, you know, it's 27 hours. They're, they're, they're programming in Python. They're doing the exercises, but they're literally sort of replicating what they see the instructor do. That's not enough. They have to learn by doing. And that's what this learning by doing project is. The results have been astounding. Um, it's very difficult. I, I don't want to underestimate that. I'm incredibly, uh, you know, proud of the engineers and our plants in their ability to kind of stick with this and really uh, learn Python and really understand the life cycle of a, of a data and analytics uh, project. But at the end, what really matters is, you know, what are they able to do with it? And even in these first learning by doing projects, which are selected to be simple, you know, relatively a good learning experience, we're seeing people reduce the energy consumption on a line of production by over 10%. With traditional techniques, they've never been able to get more than like a 1% reduction. Um, we've seen them uh, reduce the excess use of material. Generally, what we're doing is we're getting better control over the production process so that it is more stable um, and so that we produce less defects, less waste. And all of this goes to the heart of Saint-Gobain's uh, sustainability objectives of reducing energy consumption and reducing CO2. And we're getting this, you know, in the first projects, out, you know, after this um, training program. So... And again, I come back to the transformation. We, 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 we rolled this out through the, the people in the business who were responsible for the performance in the plants. It was not rolled out as a training program. Training is a key part of it, but it was rolled out as we are transforming. Uh, individuals did not get enrolled in the program. Plants got enrolled in the program, and plant management needed to attend the awareness training, and they needed to be committed to the program. Um, and so that's how we're looking to do it as we roll it out as well into supply chain and into sales and marketing. And as I look at some of these other things that I want to do, um, I have to anchor it in some transformation that senior executives are are behind, and it, you know, and going to 
you know, give me the support and, 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 you know, drive it down into their business. It, it cannot be driven down by L and D. The episode is no less than a fictional movie for the Marvel fans with a twist of AI learning in it. This episode features Thomas Usmittendorf, director, North America Sales Learning and Development at Kellogg Company and Paul Dixon, director, Strategic Accounts, sales at WhatFix on how sales enablement can transform your L&D game. We have a commercial academy that we leverage right now, but to be able to really define uh, learning paths. So we, we have something today, but it's not where we want to be. If you think about, you know, as you're looking at Netflix and it's, um, you know, bringing up ideas for you to, to watch different yep. movies or shows, you know, that's almost what you really need in the learning space is to be able to, you know, have suggestions and things like that. So being able to have technology around creating learning paths, our real growth experiences, I think is, is definitely top of mind. But again, it's so important for you to be educating yourself with, you know, vendors like you and, and just all the industry experts. Absolutely. There's, there's just so much out there and you've got to stay on top of it and look to your partners, um, to, to help. And so I think that's super important to just understand what's out there. And then how does that match, you know, your roadmap and what you want to go after? One of the must listen episodes of the season is the five must follow hacks to build a future proof workplace featuring Claire duty, formerly global director, learning at Twitter, and Akshay Mosa, customer success manager at Wattfix. I think technology can make experiences more human than being physically in the same room together. Like, okay, when I started my career 20 years ago, uh, there was a, a very strong, uh, you know, gap between being alone, working through content on an LMS, and today where, you know, there, there can be really transformational learning experiences, you know, when you're using like things like Slack and Miro and Zoom and you've got multiple touch points, it can be very powerful. And it's not that I don't think there's, you know, I don't I have nothing against in-person experiences. I think that, that we crave that connection. But a well-designed uh, tech, tech-enabled tech learning can be really human and it, it can create a continuity outside the, the classroom to build a more sustainable relationship across peers. And it can be much more inclusive. If, if So I'm participating in a course at the moment that's being run out of Canada. So I don't have to get on a plane from Dublin, for, you know, abandon my husband and to, to the three kids, pay for a hotel, pay for flights, I can participate in that course from here. Uh, and also for introverts, you know, they can manage their energy levels better than being like overwhelmed by just the experience of being around lots of people. So there's benefits that, you know, technology brings to LNG that, that you know, that you just can't have in the classroom and, and not, to, not to denigrate classroom experiences. I love them too, but I think there's huge opportunity. Now, what I will say is there's a caveat, which mm -hmm. is that, you know, to to get to that very high standard, you, you need really good learning design and you need really good facilitation. 
to create those experiences. Um, and that creates a tension almost between scalability and the, the number of touch points or how human, how, how much, you know, facilitated or moderated the program is. And, and then on the other end of the spectrum, sadly, there's plenty of just content, you know, festering away on learning management systems that, that would make you feel very isolated um, using e-learning and, you know, or the tools aren't being fully utilised. But, you know, there's great opportunity. I, I think it's never been more exciting really for L&G to, to start using technology. Um, I mean, start, we're past starting, but to really exploit what's available. The last pick of the season and one of the ones that will delve deeper into the field of neuroscience, star Stella Collins, co-founder and chief learning officer at Stellar Labs, and AJ Kumar, vice president, pre-sales at Whatfix. Um, learning development people on the whole are incredibly helpful. They really want to do a good job. I think they are developing and improving their own skills as they realize that the world is changing. You know, training at work is nowhere near like it used to be. So I think they're doing that. There's still a lot of work to be done there. So I think we need to get much better at being able to show impact and return on investment. We get a little bit involved in, doesn't the training look good? Don't we feel good? Do the learners feel good? But actually, have they actually changed their behavior at work? And not all the time has that happened. So that's really important. I think we need to be more credible and professional. It's very easy. You can just become a trainer. Nobody ever asks you, have you got a qualification? Or you can do it without a qualification. So I think not necessarily needing more qualifications, but I think we need to be more professional about it. And I think that's where having an understanding of the science of learning can add to that credibility and professionalism. We need to be much more connected into the business because gone are the days when learning and development kind of sat in an ivory tower and could create content and just hope that people wanted it or create courses and just hope that people would choose them, which did used to happen. Um, we need to be part of the business and I think we need to involve the business much more in the whole concept of supporting people. I mean, learning is all about performance, really. It's about can people do their jobs more effectively, better, with, with more joy. Um, and I think that that's where we need to be is how can we how can we facilitate that to happen within the organization without it necessarily having to be us that has you know control and and, and influence over it all the time so I think that's really good and we need to stop wasting time on things that don't work so we need to make sure we're focusing on things that that do work and then you did ask me a question how does our platform do that that was a very good question <laughs> um because we've built our platform really thinking about what is, you know, how does learning really happen for people? You know, people, first of all, need to be motivated. So our platform is, is built with nudges built into it so people feel motivated. Learning is a journey across time. So we're not just coming along and going, here's, you know, here's some content, here's an event. Hey, presto, you've, you've got it. We support people through a learning process, which involves some information, some guidance, but also people need to then, you know, kind of experiment with that to test and feel comfortable with it. They need to practice and our platform supports them in practice and it supports them getting feedback from managers or peers to say, well, actually you've practiced that thing and actually you look like you're doing pretty well. You know, you're actually implementing those skills in the workplace. And this kind of idea of, of transferring learning, you know, from the training classroom into the workplace. So a lot of what our platform does is it nudges people at work to practice their new skills, get feedback on their new skills and to keep developing those new skills. So it stretches things over time. And then it's very much designed with, you know, a really smart algorithm to actually support people both with um, retention of knowledge, 
but the retention of skills, so kind of spaced practice is, is part of what's built into it. As we come to the end of this episode and of this season, I am sure you will all have something to share. We would even love to hear your reviews. If you enjoyed our podcast, please write a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. For Season 3, we will surely take your feedback into account. Season 3 dates will be released soon, so stay tuned. Happy podcasting. Until next time, see you soon.